Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. are a liar and a thirsty girl, and I'm done. Kind of shocked that you understand what thirsty means. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the mid-season trailer of The Real Houses of Orange County, which looks thrilling, although am I the only one noticing that these mid-season trailers are coming sooner and sooner in the season? I feel like on all of these shows, pretty soon the premiere of Housewives is going to end with the mid-season trailer because it seems like we just had a couple episodes of the show and then suddenly we're at the mid-season point. And last year, I remember they told us it was a shortened season because of COVID. And I know we're all still living through COVID, but I don't understand what's the reason we're getting such a shortened season this year. I don't know. I have questions. I think they do it for... Uh, so that we get a jam-packed season, so it's not just a bunch of filler episodes, which I appreciate, and I think that's the smart move. However, it does worry me, because I think they filmed the same amount of time as something, let's say, like The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, which had 20-plus episodes. And now Orange County, how many must they have? 12, 13, 14 episodes? And I remember the days, I hate to always look back on our time with the Housewives, but I remember the days where we were getting 23, 24, 25 episodes a season. And now suddenly they're like, here's six episodes, uh, take it or leave it, bye-bye. They're just leaving us. And so, look, I'll complain when we get too many, and I'm going to complain when we get too little. That's what we do here as Housewives fans. We we bitch and moan, and that's our right as Housewives fans. We're going to bitch about everything. So get on board, little bear, because we got lots to bitch about this week. Uh, I do have to say, we're going to talk a little Summer House after the Orange County, so stay tuned. I'll try to put the timestamp in the episode description, but we got to talk a little bit about the Summer House stuff, also a little Vanderpump Rules stuff. Uh, but first, we're going to do Orange County, and I got to say, there was a mention of something tangentially uh, related to The Real Houses of New York, and I have to say, when I heard Noella mention... She just mentioned briefly in her confessional, she mentioned the word skinny girl. And I thought, did anyone else get a chill, a shiver up their spine when they heard the word skinny girl? I don't know what it was. I feel like we've heard skinny girl a million times on this network, right? I I remember back in 2011, you couldn't turn on the channel without hearing the word skinny girl in regards to a margarita mix or a ham, either one. But... Now, hearing it on The Real House of Orange County, something about that crossover, just, I don't know, it literally full body chills. It was like I was watching an episode of Yellow Jackets or something, and they just did a big reveal. It was suddenly I was, I got my whole body clenched up, and I thought, oh my God, skinny girl. I don't know what it was. It was like a crossover I wasn't expecting. And it was a real quick mention, but it felt like an Easter egg in the, in this season. So Noella mentioned, and Noella's uh, obviously a Bethany fan. And Noella's given a lot, although I'm a little concerned. I know Noella is, okay, here's the thing. Noella's given us some good TV 
I'm going to give her that. And she's stunning to look at. And she's given us great drama. And I, quite frankly, don't know what this season would be about without Noella. And I do believe that this show has too many level-headed normals on it, right? We have Emily, we have Jen, we have Gina. They're all seem lovely, but way too normal. We can only have one of those types of people. And then we need more unhinged people because I'm looking at this cast and it's just a little too loaded with normals. Do you get what I mean? A little too normal, a little too many normals. And Noella is good balance to that, although I'm also finding that Noella is sucking a lot of the air out of this show because she's the center of the attention the whole time, and I'm getting the Bronwyn vibes because it's like, I, I don't know, it just feels like a lot. It feels like a lot. So while I'm grateful that she's driving storyline forward, I'm just feeling like it's a little heavy on the Noella for my liking, and this is supposed to be an ensemble show. And I want Noella to realize that. And I know Noella's going through a lot of life events. And so naturally her life is taken center stage. But I'm going to need the other gals to step it up. It's not all on Noella either. Dr. Jen, you need to step it up. And I know coming in the attractions, it seems like you and Ryan, Ryan with an, without the A and add an an E, it looks like uh, they're going to step it up and maybe I don't know, separate or divorce or something. And I'm not really sure Gina Casita has become a comedy queen in her confessional. She's delivering the comedy. And Hip, I don't know, she, her husband passed the bar, bar passed the bar, and so we're going to get something them at the courthouse. I'm not really sure I'm interested in that, but we're going to get it. And then Shannon Bedore, who's normally reliably unhinged, seems to have been taking the season off. And I'm not sure if coming up she's going to feud with someone or something, but it seems like she's just decided to take the season off from being unhinged, and I'm not appreciative of it. Because although I do not care for Shannon Bedore, not one bit, not even a little bit, I do appreciate when she becomes unhinged, because we can uh, complain about it here on the podcast. And quite frankly, she's not given me enough this season, even though I hate it and I don't want more of her. You know, we're both of those things. <laughs> Um, I'm a, this whole podcast is a contradiction. That's what we're, that's the theme of this week's show. Anyway, you guys, we're going to talk about this week's episode of The Real House of Orange County. We finally arrive in COVID. We open on Emily shopping with Nicole and Jen. Now, Emily is hungover. She's carrying around a liter of ginger ale. And I thought that was hysterical. I really love that. She's just carrying around that ginger ale. And she had to take the label off because on camera, they couldn't afford the rights to whatever ginger ale. I'm assuming it was a Canadian dry, right? That's what we all drink when we get our ginger ale. Uh, but she had to take the label off and she was just carrying around drinking it. And ginger ale is a good hangover cure. Although I do have to impart some wisdom on you. I wrote that cocktail book with Ariane and Tom from Vanderpump Rules. And the hangover cure they taught me is actually really amazing. It's a Midol. It's got a little caffeine in it. It helps with the headache. There's like all this stuff in Midol that helps with the hangover. So pop that in your ginger ale in the morning when you're hungover. Truly, it's a lifesaver. And I know people think of Midol for um, your menstrual cycles. But it's also a great hangover cure. So check out the Midol if you're looking for something for a hangover. It's truly a lifesaver. Lifesaver. Uh, anyway, Nicole's there. And Nicole's not sure at this point if she's going to Cabo. It's like, when are we saying goodbye to Nicole? I'm not sure because I know she's leaving the show. And I would just like to say goodbye or know where we're standing with Nicole. Because we're at mid-season point and she's still been sticking around. I didn't think she was going to be around this long. And she's just sort of lurking in the periphery of this show. Even later on, she's not in the Cabo trip, but we're talking about Nicole. It's like, which is it? I need to know. Are we sticking with Nicole or are we getting rid of Nicole? What's the truth? Just tell me which way to go because right now I'm just on the edge of my seat deciding, do I get to know this woman or do I say goodbye? I'm not sure. And then uh, she's uh, shopping for bathing suits. Emily did make me laugh here. She said it was like shopping with uh, two Smurfs because... <laughs> 
Nicole and Jen, she said, are too little. She said, it's like shopping with two Smurfs. Now, I know Emily, she's got a law degree. But I do also feel like she's great at comedy. And so is Gina. I, again, like them both. But we just don't need both of them. We could get rid of one of the two of them. And right now, my heart's leaning towards uh, Gina Casita. Because she's the one that makes me laugh more. Although, Emily, she was trying to give us some comedy with that leader of ginger ale and then the Smurf bit. She had that Smurf bit ready to go. She was like, um, I don't know if she just watched an episode of Smurfs with the kids or what. Maybe she was listening to that Britney Spears song she did for the Smurf soundtrack, Justice for that song. Ooh la la. Remember that song? Ooh la la. I love that song. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love my Queen Britney. I love anything she sings, wants to gift us. But when she did the Smurf song, it was just like, I'll be your ooh la la. That song was in my head forever. I don't have it on the soundboard, but we're going to have to get it. Because I want to be her ooh-la-la. Nothing better than that song. It was a hit. It should have won the Oscar. I, why wasn't it nominated? Was it nominated for an Academy Award? Because it should have been Best Song from a Motion Picture. I'm sorry, but the guy from Hamilton's got nothing on Britney's ooh-la-la from the Smurfs movie soundtrack. Nothing on it! I mean, come on. What was what won that year? Because it didn't deserve it. I don't know. What year was that? Maybe the same year Frozen's Let It Go came out? We're unclear. But ooh-la-la should have taken home the trophy. I'll be a ooh la la. <laughs> and then the video is just her with her, her cute kids watching the Smurfs movie. That was a hit. Okay, then what's going on? Oh, so uh, Nicole's not going to Cabo because Noella's going. I don't really understand that feud, but they're presenting it to us. There's a scene with Shannon and Archie. Don't even know what happened. I zoned out. I was looking at the dog. It was cute. So don't even know what was going on there. Then Heather's house. Gina arrives. Oh, this was great. Gina arrived at Heather's house. She's trying to get in. So she rings some intercom. Some woman arrives, or some woman talks to Gina Casita on the intercom, and then Heather says it's one of the housekeepers. And the idea of having one permanent housekeeper is just a gift. I would love, I would love to have a full-time housekeeper. Wouldn't that be amazing? And Heather's got multiple. I want to know how many does she have? I know she's got that big-ass house. But my thing is, it's like, how much of that house can you really use? So do you need multiple housekeepers, right? Because I'd imagine there's plenty of rooms there that nobody ever even goes in. So what do we need a bunch of housekeepers clean them all the time for? I don't know. Maybe I'm just, uh, I don't understand it. But Gina finally gets into the house. They go to the closet. And Gina says she's had dreams about this closet. And so have I. I love this house. I know that's not as popular as I thought because a lot of people DM me. They say they hate the decor of Heather's house. I personally think it looks great. It's a little cold-ish. Like, I wish it was, like, a little more homey. But in terms of, like, big-ass houses, I really love that house. I would love to live there. The thing, though, that I do want to focus on that we have to talk about for at least 46 minutes is the fact that in Heather's closet, which is a stunningly beautiful closet, who wouldn't want to live there? But in Heather's closet, she does have these tags. She's got these tags on her clothes that say Heather's closet. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? What the fuck? I don't understand why does she got to tag her clothes that say Heather's Closet. What are the tags for? Are they to uh, let you know that the clothes are clean? Like I would imagine maybe she sends them off to the in-house dry cleaner and then they put the Heather's Closet tags on the clothes or something. What is that about? I don't understand. It seems like a waste of resources. And I'm sorry, but we can be using those papers. We need to recycle those papers. We need to give back to the environment, the money. I don't know. Maybe we could donate some of the money that she's spending on the Heather's Closet tags to... Climate research. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that money must cost, it must cost a lot to make individual uh, personalized tags for all your clothes in your fucking big ass closet that say Heather's Closet. Now, you know, last week on the Real House of Orange County recap, I let loose on Terry Dubrow. 
because he's selling the COVID kits for five easy payments on the HSN. And now I'm seeing Heather wasting all this money on Heather's closet tag. So now I'm led to believe that Terry's money that he's earning from the COVID kits is now going to Heather's closet tags. And I don't understand what the fuck we need those for. That seems like a waste of money, time, resources, energy, the whole bit. And what does she ever use those for? It's just to show off. It's just to show off. And quite frankly, it's not even that impressive to me. It's just sad. Heather's closet. I don't know. And I love a personalized engraved whatever. I love walking in someone's house. You see, they got the personalized towel with the initials on or what a bath mat or something like that. I'm all for that. But when it comes to tags on your clothes in a big ass closet, not interested. How many people even go in that closet? I'd imagine it's like Heather, uh, Terry, and the housekeepers. I don't even think the kids probably go in that big ass closet. I know Gina's here and they're filming, but it just seems like a waste, all those tags. And where does she even get them? What does she call up? Papyrus, the store, and have them make those tags? How embarrassing to have to order Heather's closet tags. I don't know where she gets them. I'm assuming Papyrus or maybe, I know, the Hallmark store. So I don't know where you get the personalized. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a waste of money, Heather. And if you're listening to me, you need to listen to me. And you need to get rid of those because it's a waste of resources. There's so many things that need our help. Right? Donate to the Brain and Behavioral Foundation, one of my favorite charities. Anyone out there is looking to get rid of some money instead of spending it on personalized tags for your closet, donate to the Brain and Behavioral Foundation. Lots of great resources, places we could donate our monies to. And so I just have to say, you need to cool it. Uh, Heather also got a private plane for this trip. And uh, speaking of climate uh, issues, she got a private plane. She uh, did get asked by Gina to invite Noella, which is dumb because this is a cast trip. Right, so we know the whole cast has got to be there, and we had this whole scene where Gina's like, "I gotta ask you a favor." She did. <laughs> that was a good Gina impression. I gotta ask you a favor. Later on in the episode, Gina said something about coffee. You know, she did a. She said coffee, and it just. She's like, "I haven't had my coffee yet," but here she said, "I gotta ask you a favor." And she asked Heather if she could invite Noella to the strip, and Heather's like, "Well, I gotta think about it," and it's like, "You don't have to think about anything. This is a cast trip. They're all going. Let's all stop playing these games." I don't know why we play all these games still this far into this show. We've been with these women a hundred years. Orange County, how many years has it been on? 35? I feel like they've been on it since I, my birth. So what are we doing playing these games for? We've, we've moved past it. I believe culturally, societally, we've all moved past the need to have these really overly scripted scenes about whether or not someone's going to be on the cast trip. So I just would beg. I beg. At this point, I'm begging. I'm begging. Bravo. I'm on my hands and knees, much like Melissa Gorga was when her husband was getting his hairspray all over his brother-in-law and they were fighting on that family trip. I'm on my knees begging uh, that we stop doing this because we all, everyone that watches this show, it's not just the super fans of this show, everyone who's watching it. If my mom were to turn this on, she doesn't even watch Housewives, but if Linda Pellegrino turned it on, she'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? She would understand that whole cast needs to go on the cast trip. So or just stop it. Just stop. I beg you. I beg you. Uh, Noella, though, she did give uh, Heather's Max a pride card game. And the cards on this game was a card game. And Heather's pissed because a lot of the cards, I'm sorry to have to say this. I'm just going to quote Heather Champs Dubrow. She's One of the cards is about licking the Meredith Grey. One of them is about eating the ass. And we support everyone who's sex positive. I'm supportive. And I think everyone should... Uh, do what they want sexually. And I, especially uh, when it comes to the LGBT community, 
We all need to get off. We all need to get our rocks off. And so however it happens, it happens. And I want you all, all my LGBTQ brothers and sisters to know that. If you want to eat some ass, I think you all should. If you're hungry, go eat. You know, ladies, am I right? Anyway, LGBTQs, am I right? Anyway, the point is, I do sort of agree with Heather that it was a little inappropriate because Heather uh, was saying Max is only 17 years old and she's reading this card game that Noella gave Max. And Heather's like, what the fuck is this card about licking a puss? You know, Heather's concerned. Heather's concerned. And so I actually side with Heather on this one. And, uh, you know, I didn't expect to, certainly when it came to a sex positive game for the LGBTQs. But here I am. Here I am. But again, I want to repeat, if you want to eat whatever it is that you want to eat, you go eat it, right? We're both sex positive here and we're positive when it comes to eating because, you know, we all have enough body image issues. Go eat. Stay healthy. Do what you need to do. But uh, anyway, that's a longer story. Uh, the point is, that's why Heather's now mad at Noella. There's lots of reasons, but that's that's it now. Heather did say, though, there was a card about Heather and she's like, I did think that was funny. <laughs> I'm never going to leave that laugh off the soundboard because it makes me laugh, but it's so obnoxious. (laughs) I've never heard a more obnoxious laugh than Heather and Terry laughing like that. Never in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Some people probably think my laugh's obnoxious. It is what it is. Uh, Okay, what else is going on? Oh, so Heather's on the way to her private plane with her driver, Pete. And she's telling the camera and she's telling Pete about the vacation. And she says, uh, Shannon and I always have fun on our trips. And then Bravo shows two clips, just two clips. That's all they had was two clips of Heather and Shannon on vacations in past seasons. And it didn't look like they were having fun. Like this was the only footage they could find of like Heather and Shannon having a good time on a vacation. And it was really just two clips of Shannon being like attacked by animals on a trip. One, she had a monkey on her shoulder and then the other one, she was in the water or something. And Heather was sort of consoling her, but it wasn't like they were having a laugh riot. Like Heather was in that scene, in the confession, being like, Shannon and I always have a good time on vacation. And then they did a two scene, mo- it was, I don't know, do we even call it a montage? It was just two scenes. I feel like a montage has got to be three or more, right? But it was two scenes, two scenes, and not one of them did it look like they were having fun or that they were friends. It was just like uh, Shannon being attacked by wild animals. And Heather's like, oh, here, I'll help you. Like, she basically just sort of helped her. I mean, it was wild. It was wild. We really need a Tamara to get in here or something. I'm sorry. I know people hate Tamara. But it seems like we need a bridge between uh, Shannon and Heather and the rest of them, because right now there's no bridge. Shannon seems so out of place to me on this vacation. There was that moment when they arrived at the villa and they were watching the mariachi band and Shannon was sort of doing this dance where it looked like she was learning legs for the first time. Like she was using them for the very first time. And uh, I just thought it just seems like she's so different than all these women. And and she seems like in a different age bracket, which I always prefer much older women on these shows. But I just also need them to be like-minded or like that we need more than one in that age group. Do you get what I mean? And I don't know, are Heather and Shannon the same age? Oh, we're going to talk about Heather's age, actually, in a minute. So just sit tight, little bear, because we got to talk about that. I did some math later. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, on the private plane, though, it's real that Nicole's not going at all. Noelle is going late. Gina says she likes Heather in charge. And uh, good. Okay, great. Um, Shannon says, it's vacation fun, Shannon. And she's doing that nickname thing a lot. And at one point, Emily said, like, shut the fuck up. Because Shannon said something like, I need fun drunk Emily. 
And Emily's like, stop fucking calling me that. Like, and I don't even think Emily knew it was on camera because they had to subtitle it. But Emily just snapped. And I totally was relating to Emily in that moment. She's like, shut the fuck up, Shannon. <laughs> she got so pissed. Shannon's like, I need drunk Emily. And Emily just completely lost on that bus. She lost it. She, she finally had a breaking point. She hit her breaking point and she said, shut the fuck up, Shannon. If you call me fun Emily or drunk Emily one more fucking time, she said, I'm going to beat the tequila out of your ass. And I believed her. I believed Emily was going to do that because she had had enough. Everyone hits their breaking point and Shannon needs to stop with these nicknames. And I say that as someone who's recording a show right now where we've got nicknames for everybody. We got Hip, we got Casita, we got Whisper, we got Bar. We got the whole uh, crew of nicknames on this show on Everything Iconic. But on My Housewives, I don't need Shannon doing all the nickname work. It's too much. But I did like her Louis outfit. I did. I like Shannon's Louis outfit on that plane. I thought it looked great. I liked it. Uh, then we see uh, in the bus ride into Cabo, there's champagne. And as we're talking about people who are doing too much of the work, I do have to say Heather's doing too much champagne work. Enough. Um, enough. We get it. You like champagne. We get it. We get it. We get it. Do you hear me, Heather? We get it. Uh, the villa was gorgeous, though. There's a main house and then there's the casitas. There's a mariachi band. Emily and Gina are staying in the room together. So Hip and Casita will be sleeping in one bed or one room together. They got the separate beds, actually. Love them. Uh, then we cut to Jen and Ryan. They're very disconnected. I had forgotten Jen was even on this trip at one point. When they showed her on the phone call with Ryan, I was like, who's this woman? It was like I was meeting her for the first time. Who is this? I couldn't even recognize this person. It's like, what is she bringing to us this season? We're halfway through, and what has Jen done? What are we doing here? Bravo, what was, and maybe, what was the reason? Maybe we're going to see in the second half, it looks like they're going to go through this divorce separation thing. But as it stands right now, I do not understand what we're doing with Dr. Jen. Who cast her? She seems lovely and normal and normal. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out soon. I don't know. TBD. I guess everyone has a story. We still haven't found out what her story is. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. Okay, you guys, we got to take a quick break here. We're going to take a commercial. Come back uh, for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash Everything Iconic. Pre-order my book and uh, go to everythingiconic.store and find me on social media uh, at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Let's take a break and then we will be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back, little girls. 
Little girl. Little girl. Uh, the Real House of Salt Lake City. Did you see there was some stuff with Jenny that came out? All these Facebook posts that were very troubling. I don't know if they're going to address it at the reunion. What's going to happen? I'm going to stay tuned. I'm going to stay tuned. Uh, before we get back into the Real House of Orange County, I also want to recommend that I had a bonus episode out this week with Naomi Ekperigan, who's a hilarious comedian, and we talk all about And Just Like That. So a lot of people were asking for more And Just Like That content. So there's a whole bonus episode all about And Just Like That's first seven uh, or so episodes. How many? What episode are we on? I'm not sure. Uh, but check that out. It's on the main feed. It's really fun. And if you want more Sex in the City episode recaps, you can go to the Patreon page. I'm doing one a month, having a great time over there recapping Sex in the City from the beginning. So all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you donate $4 more per month, you get the bonus episodes. So uh, one a month. Okay, back to uh, the Real House of Orange County. Oh, so Heather had a meeting with the architect. And she's designing a house. She said, this is a house I designed. Gina and Emily came over. This is when Gina's like, I could use some coffee. I need some coffee. I loved it. And they sit down and they look at Heather's plans that she said she designed. And I don't actually believe that Heather did any designing. I know that we're led to believe that she sits down with a pen and paper. I always imagine, like, you know when you sit down and you scribble something? Like, I feel like that's what Heather does, and then she hands it to somebody else who's more qualified, and then that person just has to make something, and then that person just does whatever they want, and then they come back to Heather and they're like, oh, this is what you designed, you know, because they got a sucker dick to make it seem like she did all the work. Do you get what I mean? And so I feel like that's what happens here. I feel like Heather did one little chicken scratch on a napkin once and then handed it over to an architect or designer. And then that person designed all these plans, brought them back to Heather and was like, look at what you did. And then Heather shows everyone and is like, look at what I designed. And I'm like, she did not do that. I don't believe that she did it. Uh, but they just have so much money. I don't really understand. They got so much money, Heather and Terry. What are they doing this show for? What's the reason? Because why would you want to do a reality show? No one looks good on a reality show. We love watching it. But what's the reason? They got all the money. All the money. Terry's on uh, HSN uh, hawking COVID kits. He's got all the money in the world. He's uh, got botched. They seem rich as fuck. So what do they need this for? It's all for the fame and the, you know, they want to get on camera. And I, uh, I understand that that's what drives a lot of these women on this show. But I just feel like Heather and Terry, they seem too rich to want to want to do this show. It seems weird to me. It seems unsettling. They have all that money and they still want to do this program. Don't get it. I don't get it. But uh, she does cry. Okay, oh, this is what we're going to break down for at least 14 minutes. Heather cried because she had a dream. This was all so unhinged. I don't know if you really caught this. This whole scene was crazy. It was fucking nuts. Heather said she had a dream that the kids were watching TV or something. She didn't even know what they were watching. She's like, I don't know. I had a dream and all the kids were watching something. And they said, I wish mom was here. And Heather made it into this big emotional moment. And so that's why she's building a big-ass extra house. It was like crazy. It was like so absurdly rich. I mean, it was like you just have too much money at that point. You're having dreams, and so you're like, I need a big, uh, build a big-ass vacation home. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. She said she just had a dream. They said, I wish mom was here. The whole thing reminded me of one of my favorite movies, Stepmom, in the monologue that I memorized back in 1998, when Isabel, played by Julia Roberts, she says, you know, every story, every wound, every memory, their whole life's happiness is wrapped up in you. Every single second, don't you get it? Look down the road to her wedding. I'm in a room alone with her, fixing her veil, fluffing her dress, telling her no woman has ever looked so beautiful. And my fear is she'll be thinking, I wish my mom was here. And then Susan Sarandon looks across the table at Julia Roberts and she said, and mine is, she won't. 
I'll never forget that whole scene from the movie Stepmom, a classic. Anyway, Heather talking about how she, her kids are in a dream saying they wish the mom was here. That's all I could think about was Jules and Sarandon in the movie Stepmom. Which, by the way, I know they're remaking everything. I would like a remake of the movie Stepmom. And quite frankly, I would like the same cast. I would like them to just redo it exactly how it was. Just with uh, updated clothing. I don't really need anything else. Just updated clothing. I just want to see that movie going. Maybe I just need the movie to replay in the theaters. Can we get the stepmom in the theaters again? How do we do that? I know they re-release Star Wars and all the all those kind of big movies. Well, how about we release Stepmom? That was a hit. Anyway, that's not the point. What were we talking about here? Uh, okay, so oh, okay, so she wants to build a house, and she said the other reason why she wants to give the kids a house is because she had the kids late in life. She had them late in life. And so I got on my Google and I put on my math cap and I started doing the math because I looked up Heather DeBrow age. She's currently 53 right now. Now, if she had the kids 18 years ago, because right, the older kids are around 18. They might even be 19 at this point. I think they're about 18. So that takes me to Heather DeBrow was 35 years old when she had the kids. That is not old. That is not old. I gotcha, Heather. I gotcha trying to pretend that you're, you had the kids so super old. You had them at 35. I did the math. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha, bro. Nailed ya. I gotcha. She's saying she had the kids so old. And now and maybe, I guess, 35, we're not going to say it's old to have kids. Even I could give her a little leeway if it was like 39. Maybe I could give you a little... I'd be like, well, that's still not really old to have kids. Nowadays, too, the women are having kids 50 years old. How old was uh, Janet Jackson had a kid of 50? Cameron Diaz had a kid in her uh, 40s. And that's not old. <sighs> we're all going to live to be 120. I mean, unless the world ends, unclear. But we're going to live to be an older age than our parents and our grandparents were. So 35 years old is just not old. So Heather, to try to act like you had the kids so late in life. I thought when I was going to Google it, I was like, oh my God, when did she have the kids? I was like, is she 80 now? And she had the kids when she was 55. That's what I was thinking I was going to find out in Google. And I thought, I'm going to be shocked to learn that Heather's 83 years old or something. And then I Google it and she's only 53 now. And she had the kids probably when she was 35. So let's cool it, Heather DeBrow. Let's cool it. I'm on to her. I'm on to her. I got my monocle. I'm doing my detective work. Angela Lansbury's got nothing on me because I'm going to Google and I'm finding out your age. I'm pulling up the receipts and I'm getting the birth certificates. So I got to do what I got to do. If there's one thing I learned from Megan King Edmonds when she started calling up hospitals to get Brooks's medical records, that's what I'm going to do too. That's what I'm going to do too when I'm watching this show. Anyway, what else? Uh, Noelle is getting ready. We do get to see Noelle's dog. I love Noelle's dog. That's when she mentioned the skinny girl Margarita. And uh, she's getting ready to go. The other women go horseback riding. I think I heard Shannon Nay, which was troubling to me. Uh, but uh, they're doing, um, yeah, Gina did some stand-up in her professional again. She said something about Emily looks so hot and she's going to be in a porno. And then they did a slow-motion porno thing, which uh, it was something. Then Heather and Jen, meanwhile, I forgot Jen was even there. They have a little moment talking about carbs. Heather says, I don't eat carbs, so I can eat carbs when I'm on a trip. What? That made me so sad. Didn't that make you sad? I mean, to just give up bread all the time, except for when you're on vacation. I mean, maybe Heather Dubrow goes on a bunch of vacations. I know she's rich. But if I'm lucky, if I go on one actual vacation a year, if that, 
In the past few years, I feel like I haven't gotten an actual vacation. Maybe go home and visit family or something. But an actual vacation, it's very rare that I get to go. So the thought of only eating carbs once a year is truly troubling to me. And so I just would encourage Heather to eat carbs all the time. All the time. Maybe not all the time, but like, don't limit yourself to justifications. Jen reveals, though, that she works till 8 or 9. The husband, Ryan, doesn't really understand. She's also got a bone tumor in the femur or something like that. She's got chronic pain. And I always feel so bad for anyone with chronic pain. Ugh, my heart goes out to you. If you're listening, I love you. I love you and I feel bad for you. Some people, too, got the chronic pain and no one believes them. And I was just watching this whole documentary. I forget what it was called. We were watching Matt and I were watching a TV episode about chronic pain. And these people go through their lives in, in pain all the time, and people don't even believe them. It's like on um, uh, The Real House of uh, Beverly Hills with Yolanda and the Lemons. And remember, she had people thought she had Munchausen. So anyway, my heart goes out to you. What else is going on? Oh, there's some swimming. Shannon got in the water, and she's like, oh, I put my phone in the water. Ah, yuck. You know, I always think she's like the Kathy comic. She's just, I got my phone in the water. Yuck. Just screaming about, screaming like a banshee about the phone in the water. Yuck. <laughs> I always just imagine a, a thought bubble coming out of Shannon Storm's Bador and it just says, Ack. That's what I feel like we're going to start getting on the show. They should do that, actually. Honestly, they're doing a lot of editing work. You know, they did that whole bit with Emily on the horse. They need to start putting an Ack, a thought bubble above Shannon that just says, Ack. A-C-K with a million exclamation points. Uh, there's also some Shannon and Emily laughing on a hammock and we're led to believe like they're best friends now. This is when I got a little bored with the episode, I'll be honest. I did get a little bored. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But they were acting like all of a sudden Shin and Emily were besties, but they were just sort of laughing on a hammock for one minute. It wasn't even that long of a time that they were getting along. And I was like, oh, we're friends now. And I was like, they're, no one's friends. No one here likes each other. Uh, it was also revealed that Terry, John, and Travis are having dinner. And I was nervous, you guys. Who else was nervous? I was so scared. Because you know lately Bravo's been trying to show the men, aside from the women, they're trying to do all these bits with the men on Salt Lake City they did, on Jersey they do it all the time. And I thought that's what's coming on Orange County. We're going to have to see these Orange County men together at dinner, and I do not want to see that. I don't. I don't. Especially those three. Like, none of them need to be on camera. Terry's already on a show. I, Terry Dubrow is not someone who needs to be on multiple programs of television. It's hard to get on TV. I'd just like to remind you all. The fact that Austin Crawl is on three shows on this network is already uh, shocking. But now Terry Dubrow's on, let's see, how many shows should we count Terry Dubrow on? He's on this show. He's got botched on E. And then we know he's on HSN or QVC or one of the networks. That's three networks. Not only is Austin Kroll on three shows on one network, now we got Terry Dubrow on three different networks. That is not okay. That is not okay with three different networks. He's in cahoots with three different networks. And I know E and Bravo are both owned by NBC Universal, but I don't think QVC is. So that's another whole nother company he's getting paid by. I mean, it's bad enough with Austin. At least on Austin, you know if you're going to turn on Bravo, you might get scared and see him. Right? Like you might turn on the channel on accident. You know, when you just sit down and you're going to relax, you don't even know what the schedule is. I'm not talking about when you sit down to watch a new episode of Housewives. I'm talking about on the Saturday afternoon, you're hungover, you press button on the TV that has, uh, says power, and then all of a sudden Austin crawls on and you think, uh oh. But now you got to worry about that happening on any network with Terry Dubrow. It is hard to get on TV. And now Terry Dubrow's just on 100 networks. And now they're going to show him in, in scenes where he's with all the men. They better not show that. They better not show that. 
I hope not. They didn't show it this episode, thank God. Uh, Noella, though, she arrives late because they said she wouldn't. They wouldn't take her passport or something. And then Heather's like, no, she forgot it. So Heather's like, I don't believe anything that Whisper says. Heather's not falling for it. And you know Heather hates Noella. You can tell in her eyes she hates her. And Noella's a chaos agent, and the show needs her. But uh, I just, it needs to be more balanced. It needs to be more balanced. Then Noella does a shady, also in her confessional, she does the shady fan thing. Uh, because she's pissed that no one greeted her upon her arrival. She thought Heather should have been at the casita to say, hey, Noella, look, you're here. And then she pulls out one of those fan, does some prop work. And that's my problem with Noella. It just feels kind of try hard to me because Noella has got everything that it takes for a good reality TV star. But sometimes she just puts upon that thing that makes it feel like she's She's leaning in too hard or acting or something. And I, I don't know, that's what makes me uncomfortable. But maybe I'm wrong. And I might look back on this time and be like, oh no, Noella was, that's who she is. And, and great. And I hope that I'm wrong. But as it stands, it just feels like she's performing for the camera in the role of what a housewife should be. You guys get it. Then we cut to dinner and Noella arrives and they kept playing this moment in the previews as if it was going to be like a big Jill Zarin arrival, like, hi. Like, and it really was kind of anticlimactic because we knew she was coming. But I don't, what would we be doing without Noella on the show? There's too many level headed people there. They were all just sitting having a nice dinner. And Noella was the only one kind of bringing anything to the dinner. And I, she does say she's not used to arriving in a, not a private plane. And so that was the big issue was like, she is normally bringing one type of passport because she's on a private plane and now she needs a different type of passport. I didn't even know there were different types of passports. I thought there was just one passport. So now Noelle is teaching me something. Oh, you guys, I got to tell you, you know, I just moved. I moved over the holidays in, in my new area that I'm living in. I was driving to the Target, which is kind of far away. It was a 15-minute drive. It's not that far, but I was driving, and I look up, and what do I see? A Sweet James billboard. The husband, Sweet James, got a billboard here, and I'm not even in Orange County. I'm thinking, what is that Sweet James billboard? I saw it, and it shocked my eyes. I almost swerved off the side of the road, got in a big car accident. Big pile up because I saw the Sweet James billboard. It's not safe. It's not safe. So any of those people out there, I don't know who's in charge of those billboards, but we need to take them down because that's an accident waiting to happen. I almost caused a whole uh, pile-up collision because, of course, my eyes immediately go up when I sense anything Bravo around me. You know, my antennas go up, and then immediately my uh, attention focuses on the Bravo thing. And it's a big billboard that you only see when you're driving. So my eyes immediately went off the road. Didn't even know how fast I was going or what. Luckily, I just managed to miss a big car accident. Uh, but it was very close because I saw the Sweet James billboard. And I don't know what it's doing here in L.A., but it needs to get out. In the words of JoJo's uh, hit song, Leave, Get Out, it needs to leave and get out. Get out. Leave. Leave. <laughs> get out. Leave right now. It's the end of you and me. I love that song. You know I do. I've talked about it before. Love it. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? We cut to dinner, and we're at dinner. Oh, Noella did kind of like an asshole thing about the tequila. She needed it chilled. Heather thinks she's being too uppity, which is real rich, because Heather's an asshole too, right? <laughs> then uh, Emily said Shannon was talking in a sex voice, but it was really just like Shannon talking in a normal voice. And then Emily's like, oh, it sounds like you're a sex phone worker or something. And then Shannon started doing that. And it sounded so nice to just hear that that real level voice from Shannon. I loved it. Suddenly in the confessional, Shannon was like, oh, this is my sex voice. And I, you guys, I felt so good in that moment. I was like, we need more of this voice. Because as it stands, we're getting a lot of the Shannon like, I dropped my phone in the water. Ah! 
you know, and I just love that sex voice, Shannon. So I would just encourage it. I would encourage it. I don't know. I was sort of liking Shannon this week. Well, a little bit. I feel like I'm not being as hard as her on her this week as I was last week. I mean, I still definitely hate her, but I'm, I was warming up to her just like the tiniest little bit this week. And I was like, you know what? Shannon seems normal this week. Doesn't she? I think it was just the sex work voice. Because I definitely did hate when she thought she put the phone in the water. And then I definitely did hate when they pretended that her and Heather were friends. And I also definitely did hate when her and Emily were rolling around in the hammock pretending to have fun. So I I guess actually I wasn't really liking Shannon this episode. So never mind. Never mind. Uh, Noella does say at the dinner that Heather set up Nicole to trash Noella about Gina and Emily. So I know that sentence was confusing. I said it really too quickly. But... Uh, Emily and Gina don't really care that Noella apparently talks shit about them. She doesn't give a fuck. Emily and Gina are over it, which that's not a good thing for a housewife either. Bravo, what gives? Emily and Gina should have been outraged by the fact that Noella was talking shit about them, but instead they were just like, whatever. And that's not a sign of a good housewife. So I need Emily and Gina to step it up. I don't care if you are or are not mad at the person for talking shit. You need to at least pretend you are for the show. You need to give us a show. Give us a show. Give us a show. It's showbiz, baby. That's showbiz. So you need to give us some showbiz, Emily and Jean. I feel like they're not giving us any showbiz. And I don't tune into this for non-showbiz. I tune into Bravo for showbiz. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. We're going to name the episode title of this uh, podcast. That's showbiz. It is. It's showbiz. So give us some showbiz. I need it. I need some showbiz. Okay, then they end. Uh, Noella sort of sucked the air out of it for me at least. She's definitely trying to be the star, and she is the star. That's the thing, too. I can't even fault Noella, because she is the, is the star of the show. Uh, but it feels like it's a little too much, and the other women aren't stepping up and giving us showbiz, but Noella is. So, and we end on a to-be-continued, too, which is like, why are we, what are we continuing? Nothing was that interesting that I need to tune in next week for. It was like, what? wasn't that so, the oddest to-be-continued I've seen yet on Bravo? It was like, nothing really happened at the end of the episode. They were like, to-be-continued, I was like, okay, well, don't really know what we're continuing, but I guess I'll tune in anyway, because I got to. Uh, but we did get that mid-season trailer. We see Archie swimming. Oh, I love seeing that dog swim. Just watching Archie swim is enough. That could be a whole episode. Uh, then we see Shane and uh, at the courthouse or whatever. She passed the bar, and they're doing some sort of, I don't know, celebration or something. Then Noella has a nervous breakdown. That also made me think, uh, we haven't seen it play out, but somebody's got to come and carry her out of the cave or something. That made me think maybe she shouldn't be filming. Remember we felt that way about Bronwyn last season too. It was like Bronwyn obviously shouldn't be filming. And now Noella, it seems like she's not in a great place. So I do worry just for her health and safety too. And I think that's an important thing to take into consideration when we're talking about this show. Uh, but also we get Heather versus Noella. We get that scene where she says, you're a thirsty girl and I'm done. And then, uh, Noella's like, oh, I'm shocked you know what thirsty means. And that's the end of the episode, mid-season. Let's see what happens coming up next. Coming up next, we're going to go to uh, bravotv.com for more information, and we're going to stay tuned to watch what happens live. Uh, okay, you guys, uh, real quickly, I do want to jump in to VPR. Did you watch the finale? I thought the finale was good, but I am concerned. I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, the finale had Grandma Buttons. Raquel's grandmother. And I did like seeing buttons. You know, I love an old grandma on these shows. Show me a buttons. Show me a Mima. I did feel bad for Mima, though, because they were showing grandma buttons a little too much for my liking in terms of my relationship to Mima. Because Mima, Mama, whatever Brittany's old lady uh, grandma's name was, I feel like they were just trying to replace her with grandma buttons. 
And that was not cool. That was not cool, Bravo, because I'm sure Mama was watching this episode this week of Vanderpump Rules, the finale, tuning in uh, 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights to watch her Vanderpump Rules. And I'm sure Mama was like, well, who the fuck's this bitch? You know, I just picture Mama at home having some of her beer cheese and ready to rumble with uh, old lady buttons. And, you know, on the last episode of Everything Iconic, of the recaps, I did say that we need to get a celebrity death match on Bravo. You know, like that MTV show where they had the clay figures where they're just fighting each other. And I would like to see a Grandma Buttons and a Mama matchup. If we ever get that show off the ground, because I just know Mama Mima, she was at home fucking pissed at Grandma Buttons. She was livid. She was watching. She, was just, she probably got a voodoo doll made of that Grandma Buttons. She's probably so fucking pissed. She probably sent her an angry DM. You know, I just picture Mama hopping on Insta and just sending her Grandma Buttons a real angry DM. And it's like, what the fuck, bitch? You know, I just, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing on my territory, bitch? And quite frankly, they should have just had Mama show up to that engagement party. I know that Britney's not on the show anymore, but we could have had Mama Mima just pop in for a moment. I'm engaged. I do sort of miss Britney. I miss her. I know. I know we all, I hated Britney too, <laughs> but I did sort of miss her on Vanderpump Rules this season. I miss that accent. You know, I feel at home in that accent. It feels safe to me. And uh, although I can see her on social media hawking all those bikes that she's hawking on the thing, and she's cruising through Jamaica, I'm cruising through Jamaica. You know, she's always on one of those commercials on her Instagram on one of those bikes, and she's like, "I'm cruising through Jamaica, cruising through Jamaica." <laughs> hey, babe, Cruz and I are packed to go to the beach. You ready to go? Sorry, honey, already here. I'm cruising through Jamaica. Sorry, honey, I'm already here. I'm cruising through Jamaica. So I can still see it on social media, but I need it on the show. Anyway, the uh, finale was good, but I'm worried about the reunion because it's only going to be two parts. It's half virtual, and they're airing it in two nights in a row, which I, I, I don't know exactly if that's a bad thing, but I feel in my heart as a Bravo expert that that's a bad thing because it feels like they're just burning them off. And I feel like if the reunion was really that great, they would spread it out of three parts, and they could try to bamboozle us all they want and tell us, oh, no, they're just going to give it to us all in one hoop, swoop. Uh, but I don't buy it. I think that they're just burning through the episodes because they're like, let's get rid of these people. And so I don't think that bodes well for the future of Vanderpump Rules. And they could come on and say, oh, it's just a great two parts. But if it was really great, that would have been three parts. They don't just give us a two-part reunion unless it's bad. And I would imagine that the production is pissed that they only got two parts out of it because they want to get three parts too. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I'm concerned about them. Uh, Summer House, though, you guys, Summer House premiered. And it's the new season. And Summer House last season was so, so good. I was a little concerned coming back with Summer House because I thought, how are we going to top last season? It was so good. They had them all locked in that house. And we had Hannah, who was driving a lot of storyline forward. They got rid of Hannah. And then they had the Winter House, which was like a spinoff of Summer House. And I thought it was really boring. I could not get into Winter House. So here I was concerned about the upcoming season of Summer House. And then uh, here it delivered. Here it delivered. I was crying at one point because Hubs was talking about her miscarriage. And it was so... Uh, so compelling and it made me a heart break for her. And I love that she opened up. I thought it was really amazing that she opened up about it. And as if that was enough, we also got all these great dynamics with Paige and the hot guy Andrea. Although I'm concerned hot guy Andrea, this Italian man, who's one of the hottest people I've ever seen, hottest men I've ever seen. And I'm saying a lot of people, too many for my liking, say that Craig is hotter than Andrea. And I just need you all to just stop it. Stop it. You can like Craig. You could like his personality. I, you know how I love my Craigie. You know I love my Craigie. I do. The pillow king of the South. But I do not support the idea that he's somehow physically hotter than this Andrea man, because Andrea is the hottest human I've ever seen carved out of human skin. That is a gorgeous man when they showed him in those briefs. I mean, whoo. Wow. Wow, Andrea, wow. So uh, you're all just fooling yourselves, and I better not see that anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I see it. I see it. All of you out there saying that Craig is hotter than Andrea. Now, we can all say Craig is hot, and I love Craig, and, and Craig's the best, and I would choose Craig over Andrea. I, I can totally understand people saying that, but I draw the line at people saying that somehow Andrea is physically uh, less attractive than Craig. And I've seen Craig in person, and believe me, I actually think Craig is better looking in person. I do believe that. I saw him in person. He's very tall, which I don't think comes across on camera. He's very tall. Uh, and gorgeous. But I'm sorry, Andrea is one of the most gorgeous humans I've ever seen in, in, in the world. The world. And so I need you all to stop it. I'm seeing it, and it hurts. It hurts my feelings, and I feel like it's an attack against Italians. And as an Italian myself, I do not care for it. So I draw the line, and I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. Uh, where's Luke in this house? I love Luke. Luke is one of my faves, you guys, looks-wise. Just looks-wise, you guys. Ooh, the things I would like to do with Luke. Whew, that man. And Andrea. I mean, all the men in this house, too. They hired that new guy, too, that's hot. I'm like, they are just hiring some hot men, although they, it would be nice if they hired a gay man for once. But, uh, you know, that's a tale for another time. The point is, uh, I don't know where Luke is. Uh, Kyle and Amanda, though, we got to talk about this. Kyle and Amanda obviously hate each other. They're so bad for each other. And I'm, quite frankly, uncomfortable by them on camera 
And what makes me the most uncomfortable is the idea that they got married. They went through with the wedding. There was this whole contract thing where Kyle signed that if he gets drunk or something, then he's going to have to pay the Amanda's parents, which is all so dark, so incredibly dark. I've seen a lot of things on this show. But the fact that he signed a contract that if they... I mean, what is that? That point, that's a red flag, ladies. You get out of the relationship. Amanda, you need to leave. Which, by the way, I don't think Amanda's really all innocent in all this either, because Amanda, she got so mad at Kyle for not coming home. And yes, he should have come home. He should have answered his phone when he was out late that night. I mean, what man needs to be out till past two in the morning? Nothing good happens after two in the morning. And I'm sorry, you do that when you're in your 20s and you're single and drunk. But when you're upwards of 40, how old is Kyle? And I hate to just assign people things they need to do at ages, but there's no reason that Kyle needs to be out past 2 a.m. without his fiance and without anyone. No one else was with them. It was weird. It was weird. But uh, Amanda is also the one going along with all of this. And so it's like, Amanda, you need to leave. And she obviously hates him. He obviously hates her. And I'm embarrassed by the fact that one day they might have kids and the kids could look this up. And it's like so, it makes my skin crawl to think that one of their kids could be watching this one day. Like I would be horrified, horrified if I saw my parents on TV during their engagement, which is supposed to be the time in your life in a relationship when you're getting along the best. And here they are getting along the worst. And then we know they make it down the aisle. And it's just so embarrassing. And on one hand, you could say, oh, it's just for TV. Maybe they're making good storyline, right? Like, that's something you could argue, maybe. Or that's something that maybe they would tell their kids. But to me, that's even almost darker to be like, oh, you did all that for, like, a paycheck? Like, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me. And it's just gross. And I saw Kyle on Watch What Happens Live, and Andy was just like grilling him, which I really loved. I love when Andy's mean to one of them, you know, who's when they're being inappropriate. He does that, when, like when Jax used to be on Watch What Happens Live, like Andy would just grill him, and it felt so satisfying. And Kyle was trying to smile through all the questions, but Andy was like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> I loved it. I loved but truly, what the fuck? What are you doing, Amanda and Kyle? It's so embarrassing. I mean, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable, and I am not easily embarrassed. I'm not easily embarrassed, but I was embarrassed on their behalf. And so I'm going to tune in, though. It was a great premiere. I will say that. They did bring us some good TV. It was fantastic. So uh, I, I'm i excited. Uh, what else? Anything else we got to talk about? I love you all so much for listening. Should we do our cheesy little cool down? Uh, we need to take a deep breath in. We do. We take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I want to encourage you to listen to that Sex in the City recap, or I'm sorry, the end just like that recap that was out earlier this week. Also, I talk a little bit about The Way We Were, which is a movie I just saw for the first time. I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to watch my mom's favorite movies. And so I've been diving into a lot of movies from the 70s. And I want to encourage you, if your parents are still with us and you have a good relationship with them, Ask them what their favorite movies are, and if you haven't watched them, check them out and see how your tastes line up with your parents. And and also, I think it might help you connect with your parents. Pop culture is sort of the great unifier. So I, I think it's a great thing, and it's been fun to have conversations with my mom about the way we were and, and love story and some of her faves, because she gets so excited, and it's fun to have those those conversations and connect, and also to understand some of their... Uh, their reference points in terms of pop culture for your parents. And when I was growing up, my dad 
we watched a lot of his favorite movies. So we always saw the raunchy comedies and the Animal House and the Caddyshack. We always watched those. But we never watched my mom's favorite movies. And I have two older brothers, so I think it was just uh, a matter of maybe what my brothers were more interested in. or, Or maybe it was the patriarchy, or who knows. But the point is, we didn't watch a lot of my mom's favorite movies. And so... I just uh, call your mom, call your dad and see what their fave movies are and rent them, stream them, find them, and then talk to them about it. My mom just, she really like lit up when I talked to her about the way we were and it was just, it made my heart bigger. So I just, maybe you guys could do that. And then also it's a good thing while your parents are here to know uh, these things because I don't know, not to get too dark, but one day they might not all be with us. So even your grandparents, if your grandparents are with, with us, ask your grandma, your grandpa, what's your favorite movie or what's top three or top five? What did you love as a kid? And if you haven't watched them, check them out and, and then talk to them about it because you'll see their heart and their eyes and everything light up. And it's, it's a beautiful thing not to be too cheesy. I know I said this was a cheesy cool down, but I just got really uh, cheesy on you. Anyway, watch the way we were. I love you all so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back on Sunday night with more. Bye-bye.